guys, good to see you. My name's Jeff. If you're a guest here with us, you have come on one interesting Sunday, man. Every year, we, uh, we set aside a Sunday in November where we kind of cast the vision for missions. And this vision that we cast is uh, a vision that we, we started with at the beginning of the year. And then we come to this point of the year and we're like, okay, we still had all these missionary partners. We still got all of these uh, missionaries. And we want to make sure that we give them the funds they need so they can stay in the field, whether that's in Nebraska or it's at the ends of the earth, so that more people can find Jesus and lives can be reached. And so we get to this moment, we call it the miracle offering because it's crazy. It's always a crazy number. It's always a number that's like bigger than any one person could actually do. Um, and we get to this moment, so we're like, it's a miracle. Guys, it's crazy. It seems impossible. Have you guys ever, have you guys ever entertained doing something that seemed crazy and impossible, by the way? Have you ever entertained that? Like, it seemed crazy. It seemed impossible. But you were like, I'm going to do it anyways. Well, if you did, then you're in good company. You're in good company with a guy by the name of Larry Waters. Larry Waters, okay, uh, wanted to be in the Air Force, but he couldn't be, so he wanted to serve, but they didn't let him, and so he still had this dream of being a pilot, so one day in 1982, Larry decides, I'm going to take my lawn chair and turn it into a floating balloon, and he ties 45 weather balloons to his lawn chair in California, okay, that answers a lot of things by, by itself right there, <clears throat> and, um, and he, he gets his girlfriend and they fill up these, these balloons, right? Uh, and he even has to like, he's even afraid that he's going to get found out that he's buying 45 weather balloons and someone's going to turn him in. So he creates this fake business, comes up with this fake inventory that he's needing this stuff for a movie. And he gets his hands on this and all the helium and they fill them all up one day. And it seems like a ninth day and he launches into the air and he flies his lawn chair higher than he thought he would go to a place that got really cold 16,000 feet. Now, it's Southern California, so he flies right into the Los Angeles airport, like commercial airline airspace. ATC is telling aircraft, and pilots are radioing in. We see this guy in his lawn chair with these balloons, and he's floating at 16,000 feet. His genius idea to get down, bring a BB gun. And he shot balloons with his BB gun, and eventually he came back down and he lived. He got fined a lot and he got in big trouble, but he lived. But that crazy idea started a journey. It started all kinds of stuff. People all over the world heard about this story and they started doing very similar things all over. In fact, they even started an extreme sport for a, for a period of time where people would tie themselves the balloons and they would launch and they would go and see who could get to this other spot faster. One guy took a crazy idea that seemed impossible, and it's no longer crazy because, well, it's still crazy, but it's not impossible because somebody did it. They did it. And today, we're looking at something that might seem crazy to you. We're looking at a dream that might seem impossible to you. $127,636 might seem crazy and impossible to you, right? But if we all do our part, it's amazing how we're going to see a miracle take place here in 2023. And here's really all you need to do. All you have to do is this. You just got to be one balloon. That's all you got to be. You don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, three balloons. You just need to be one. One balloon helps to get the, what seems impossible, the lawn chair 
off the ground. So would you just turn to three people, look them in the eye, smile at them and go, all you got to be today is one balloon. That's all you got to be. One balloon. That's all you got to be. That's all you got to be is one balloon. So why do we make kingdom builders? That, that's my big spiritual point today, by the way. Um, if you're taking notes, that's the big point. <laughs> spiritual point by Pastor Jeff, be a balloon, all right? And just one of them. Um, but why? Why kingdom builders, man? I, I, we're excited about kingdom builders because kingdom builders allows us to have partners that are going to minister to people that, quite frankly, are never going to walk through the doors of our church. And we just happen to have a vision that's bigger than our church. Our vision's bigger than what we can fill in the Kearney Auditorium, the North Platte Auditorium, the Ogallala Auditorium, the online. It's bigger than that. Um, we believe that there are people here in Nebraska we'll never reach with our church, but our missions partners will. We believe there's people in Africa that will never reach, that will never walk through our doors, but we can reach them through one of our missionary partners. So why kingdom builders? Because we like to dream bigger than ourselves. Why kingdom builders? Because we like to be more generous than ourselves. We like to do things that don't just benefit us, but they benefit God and they benefit his kingdom. Why kingdom builders? Because we like generosity. And so we've got a lot of different partners, and these partners are fantastic. They get vetted by a task force, so people don't just accidentally end up getting the money from New Life. They don't just accidentally get our prayer. They don't just accidentally get us going to work with them. I mean, they're vetted by us. We, we go through a strict process of you know, trying to discern, is this somebody that we su- we're supposed to be a partner with? And, uh, and then we, we select all those partners, and then at the beginning of the year, we decide how much we're going to fund each one of these partners. And we cast a vision goal, which I'll be doing the first Sunday of February for 2024. Cast a vision goal of who we want to partner with and how much we want to give. And then we get to this point of the year, and we're like, wow, we've got some partners that still haven't been funded. We want, we want to fund them. And throughout the year, we introduce you guys to many of our missions partners, Right? I've been a part of church for almost all my life, except for a few years where I drifted away and did my own thing. But I've never been a part of a church that I truly knew all the missions partners. You guys get so familiar with so many of our missions partners around the world. I hope you're inspired by, by what God's doing through you, your generosity, and our church. But we don't get to introduce you to all of them. And so today, I want to introduce you to one of our missions partners that if, if the miracle offering comes in, we're going to be able to fund them with the $5,000 we committed to them. And it's a church plant that happened in Omaha. It's called Collective Church with my friend, Pastor Drew, a young guy who decided God was calling him. Instead of taking the easy road, just jumping on staff with some of the church, he was going to take the hard road. He was going to start with nothing and he was going to build a brand new church that helped people find Jesus and see their lives change. I interviewed him in a Zoom call this week. And I thought, I want to introduce you to one of our missions partners that we can fund if we're all generous and we're just one balloon and we give what we can give. Take a, take a, take a listen to this interview. All right, New Life, I'm here live with Pastor Drew Milligan. He is the lead pastor of Collective Church in Omaha. We've been partnering with you ever since you planted the church. How long, Drew, have we been partnering with you? Yes, we planted September 2021, and that was the year that you guys started uh, with incredible generosity that has helped to both launch us and keep us going with help and health. 
It's awesome, bro. I just love the fact that, you know, here at New Life, we can look at you and say the people of Omaha matter just as much as the people of Kenya, Africa matter. And you're like a missionary to that city, bro. We're excited about that. Um, and that means that there's people that have found Jesus and lives have been changed. I guarantee you that it's happened, um, you know, through Kingdom Builders. That's our big desire. So, bro, can you tell us maybe a story or two about people that have found Jesus in their lives that have been changed through Collective Church? Oh, man, there's so many. Honestly, every single person that's jumped in at Collective has seen incredible transformation. Uh, and we see we're 70% of Collective's team has little to no church involvement prior. Uh, uh, cool. It really started even before we launched. Honestly, there's a lady named Brandy that uh, knocked on our front door as my wife and I and 12 people were meeting in our living room. She said, heard you guys are starting a church, just moved here looking for a church. And she is three years later, radically, radically different. Absolutely who she is. Her friends don't recognize her. Uh, Her marriage is different. Her response to life is different. She's one of our leaders, one of our core culture leaders on our team. She is uh, hosting Bible study groups that we have. She already, not only has she been discipled, but she's already discipling other women as well. Man, fantastic. uh, That's incredible. so exciting. And we we have a young couple in their early 20s, uh, Ayana and Troy, who came here in January and uh, just started figuring out this whole Jesus thing. And uh, a couple months ago, she comes up to me and she's like, Pastor Drew, I think I think I feel called to ministry. I think I want to work in the church someday. And so maybe I should start serving here more than once a month. And I think I need to move out from my boyfriend. Like my boyfriend, I need to like, and so they, the next yeah. day they moved out. They have both bought in fully with this. They have powerful ministries. He's been presenting the gospel to his family and uh, I'm getting ready wow. to, uh, do their wedding in just a couple months, actually. So Dude. incredible, incredible. Just some of the yeah. amazing. Those are some great stories of people in their lives being changed. This is why, you know, through Kingdom Builders, man, and my heart, I'm so passionate about new churches getting planted because when a new church gets planted, new people that have never been a part of a church, they find Jesus. Uh, it's it's really so cool. And I'm so, man, we're so honored to be partners with you. Um, and this year, I know that we want to, we've got some money that we committed to you and we're just praying and saying, God, let this miracle offering be exactly what it needs to be so that we can fund our commitment to you. Um, that's our desire. We want to, we want to be a partner with you. We want to be in your corner here in 2023. So man, we are so honored that you're one of our kingdom builder partners. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Yeah, thank you guys. Seriously, your gifts to the church have helped us to launch healthy and to keep us going, especially a year end. We're like, I don't know how we're going to finish this year off in the positive. And God makes it happen through generous gifts like this. And to me personally, knowing that we are not alone uh, just means the world. Thank you guys. Thank you, New Life. Thank Kingdom Builders so much. All right. Well, God bless you, Pastor Drew. We believe in you, buddy. God bless you guys, too. Bye-bye. See ya. Come on. So so here's the deal. Like, when we all do our part, man, then pastors like Drew and his new church, 
right, that those first couple of years as a church plant, they need partners like us. It helps to speed up the process. Um, these guys, they get funded. They get to keep doing what they're doing. And I don't know if you heard it or not, but guys, your generosity was a part of those, those people's story. Your generosity. You, you are a part of those people finding Jesus and seeing their lives changed. Those are real tangible people. And when we talk about a miracle offering, by the way, the 127,636, that's nothing for God. But every one of those numbers represents a person. They all represent people, and people matter to God, and every person's got a story that God's trying to do something with in a fantastic way. Well, today, here's what I want to do for you, all right? I'm not going to keep talking about the miracle offering, but I do want to talk about your finances. I want to talk about them from a biblical perspective, not, a, not what a church needs, because remember, the miracle offering is about what the kingdom needs, okay? And so I just want to help you understand, like, what do you do with the financial blessing God has given you? How do you use that in a way that honors God? Right? How do you see your finances from God's perspective? And so one day, Jesus was teaching in Luke chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up there. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 12 all morning long. So Luke chapter 12, Jesus is teaching to a crowd, and a guy interrupts Jesus, and he asks him a question about money. So take a look with me at the question that Jesus gets asked. I'm just going to read the question, not the answer. The question was found in verse 13. Here it is, right? Then someone called from the crowd that Jesus was teaching to. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Please tell my brother to take the money because his, his father had died. Please tell my brother to take the money that he's been given and to divide it fairly with me. That's the question that Jesus is being asked. Uh, I don't know about you, but if I read deeper into that story, I feel like I almost start to hear the, this, young, this younger brother starting to say this, if I only had money, Jesus, if I only had money, right, then I would start to be happy. If I only had money, if I could only get my hands on that portion of the inheritance that I feel like I deserve then I, I wouldn't have this stress. If I, Jesus, if I could just get my hands on that money that seems fair to me, it seems fair to me that I should have that money, then I could do really what I want to do. You can almost hear this guy as he's come to Jesus and he's saying to Jesus, Jesus, help me get more money. Help me get more money. But Jesus, guys, he sees right through all of this. Jesus looks right through the guy's question. And he looks at the guy, and he basically doesn't even deal with this fairness issue that the guy's asking for. A lot of us in life right now feel like, I just need more money. It seems fair to me. I mean, to your boss, right? It seems fair, boss, that the cost of living has gone up. You deserve, I deserve more pay. It seems fair to me. And a lot of us are in that kind of a situation right now. And this guy was in this unique moment that, to be quite honest with you, is not correct at all. In fact, in this time of culture, the, this younger brother didn't deserve for the inheritance to be split with him. The, the customary process was that the older brother got a double portion of the inheritance, and the younger brother got then what he got, or the other siblings got what they got. But the oldest would get a double portion so this younger brother's coming to Jesus, 
And he's asking Jesus, will you break the customary and would you just give me what I feel like I deserve? Give me what I think is fair. Jesus, would you do that? Would you tell my older brother that although this has been the customary process for hundreds of years, that would you break it and would you just give me more money because I need more money. And guys, I just know this, that there's a lot of us that feel like I need more money, but money in and of itself isn't what's going to solve your problem. Here's what happens. The more you have, the more you're responsible for. Jesus told us that when he continued on in his teachings and you get all the way in Luke chapter 12, all the way to verse 48, Jesus says this about having more. Take a look at it with me. He says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Many times in your life and in my life, having more brings more problems. Having more brings more stress, right? Especially when it comes to money. Having more can bring more problems, it can bring more stress. Now I know what you're thinking right now, right? Because you got that internal smirk on your face and you're like, well God, look, it might bring more struggle or more stress, but this, this bless me with it and give me a shot at it at least. Would you give me a shot at it? Let me just prove what I can do. But look, if, if you are a person who has acquired a certain level of success or financial wealth, I just would, I would love to sit down with you and discuss that because in the end, many times what happens is that the more you've gained in your influence, then maybe the more you get paid. But the more you get paid, the more it's required of you. And the more that's required of you, now you're not home on Tuesday night and you're not there on Thursday night and now you're having to travel for work and you're missing your kids sports events and everything you thought you wanted now now you're regretting and it just seems to me that there are moments when we think that it's fair God I think it's fair I think that I'm a harder worker I think I deserve this I think I deserve that and many times you don't get it it's not because God doesn't love you it may be because God's trying to protect you from something because the more you have then the more you're going to be responsible for. So just like this guy's coming and talking to Jesus and he's thinking to himself, more money is going to solve my problems. And society is telling me that more money is going to solve my problems. But Jesus in return tries to help the guy see that more money is not what's going to solve your problem. There's something else that's going to solve your problem. So take a look at the response that Jesus gives them in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus says this back to the guy. He goes, look, sir, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Time out. Let that sink in for a second. Still in 2023, life is not measured. Success is not measured by how much you own. I know right now everything inside of you is balking against that. Everything inside of you right now is fighting that. Everything inside of you is wanting to justify that right now. But I'm telling you, these are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus is here today, right now, saying this to you and me. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told the guy this story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? 
I don't have room for all my crops. Let's pause it for a second. Uh, farmers in the room, uh, right? Is all the harvest in? Right? If it is, then man, you're feeling good, right? If it's not, you're like, come on, pastor. Uh, let's get done with this and let the rain stop. I got work to finish, right? But we understand what it means to bring in all the crops. Then in verse 18, then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And then guess what I'll do? I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then you'll get everything that you worked for. I love this story. Um, I love how Jesus answers this guy because here's what Jesus is saying to you and me. Warning, warning, the very thing you think you want, be careful. You, you think you want more money? You think you deserve more money? You think it's unfair that you don't have enough money? Warning, warning. He says, look, the more that you have, the more you're going to get distracted. I've watched way too many people find success, get a promotion, gain some wealth, only to watch it destroy them. If you live enough on this planet and you're close enough to people, you're going to find that to be true. They got what they thought they deserved. They got what they thought was fair, only to watch their spiritual life drift. Only to watch their marriage get destroyed. Right? Only to watch their children become spoiled and worse off than they wanted them to be. Only to find that they lost joy and that they lost peace. I've watched people retire and did a great job of saving. And they start entertaining this new wealth and this new lifestyle. And I've watched people drift. I've watched people not make the most of their latter years as they set themselves up. I've watched them kind of fall apart. I've watched fi financial success destroy people, right? And here's the reason why, because financial success will never fill the void inside of your heart for purpose and for joy. That void only gets filled in one place. It gets, it gets filled with greater and greater surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. You can't fill that void of joy and purpose and happiness anywhere else. You can try. It can satisfy it for a moment, but you can't sustain it. Because what you do have, then you've got to have more. Why? Because we don't know how to live inside of our means. Jesus, if I just had more money, guess what that means? Two years from now, I've got more bills. Well, Jesus, if I just get that promotion, I get more money then what does it mean 12 months from now? You don't have enough money. Why? Because you figured out how to spend all of that. I mean, look at your life today compared to it was when you were young and you got married. I look at my life and I go, holy cow, how did we make it? How did we make it in an apartment? How did we make it with one car? How did we make it, you know, shopping with, you know, government-supplied cheese? How did we make it? But yet, here I am, here I am, my clothes are still, you know, larger sizes than I hoped for. Somehow, back then, that didn't stop me. You know, I'm, we're blessed. 
We're blessed, but we don't know how to live within our means. And so the more we get, the more it destroys us. Why? Because we keep trying to fill this void. But guys, that void only gets filled with greater and greater surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus was basically saying to this guy in verses 15 through 20, he's telling this guy, look, you can find financial success, but you will lose purpose, you will lose focus, you will lose joy, you will lose meaning. Your life won't make the impact you want it to make. Jesus was saying basically to the guy, don't fool yourself. You're not going to use the money for good. You're going to use the money for yourself. Don't fool yourself, right? All it's going to do is make you lazy. Remember what Jesus was telling him in the story? You're going to get all of this, and then you're going to sit around and go, now let's just take a break. We'll kick up. We'll put our feet back. We'll be lazy. We'll eat. We'll drink. He's going, look, it's going to work to your demise, not to your good. Now, if we stop the story right there, then you would think to yourself, Jesus is anti-wealth. Or Jesus is anti-being financially blessed. And I want you to know today, Jesus is not that at all. Jesus is just pro the right priorities in your life. So he turns around and Jesus gives us the secret to financial success, our financial blessing in verse 21, and he finishes his answer to the guy And I love it because Jesus says this, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but, but not have a what? A rich relationship with God. I love this. Jesus flips it on its head. He goes, yeah, you are a fool if all you try to do is store up earthly wealth so you can kick your feet up and eat what you want to eat and drink what you want to drink and go into more debt. You are a fool. But you're not a fool if you strive first and foremost to have a rich relationship with God. He flips it on its head and he goes, financial success is not the problem. Here's the problem, having a rich relationship with God first and foremost. And I love the play on words, don't you? A rich relationship, not just a relationship. But Jesus goes, oh, you're talking about money? You want more money? You want to be wealthy, young man? You want what you, don't do, you, what you don't deserve? You want what you think is fair? You want to be rich? Let me tell you what really matters. If you're not rich in your relationship with God, then the finances that you do get and what I do bless you with, if I were to bless you with it, it would destroy you. And let me tell you this. God loves you too much to destroy you. You guys do realize that Jesus is always, always more interested in the condition of your heart than he is the condition of your lifestyle. He's more interested in the condition of your heart than he is in the economic status of your life. You realize that. He's always more interested in your heart than the material wealth that you might gain. He's always more interested in your heart than that next thing that you've got to have. You guys realize that? But what I love about this is that Jesus doesn't say that that money in and of itself is the problem. The problem is this, you don't put me first. So church, what does that tell us about our finances? Put him first. Strive after a rich relationship with him. Make Make Jesus the, the thing that's worth most in your life. Then whatever you're given on this earth, here's what's going to happen. It falls under the alignment of God and of his heart, and it gets used for God to glorify God and to build God's kingdom. Full circle back to the miracle offering. 
If you want more from God, God's asking you to trust him with what he's given you. Trust him with what he's given you. Show God. God, I I do thank you for what you've given me, so therefore I tithe to you. I obediently give to you what you ask for. But God, above and beyond that, I'm generous with what you give me. And that's where the miracle offering comes in. The miracle offering is an opportunity to say to God, God, thank you for what you've given me. Now, I'm going to give back to you and your kingdom. I'm I'm going to be generous with what you've given me. And guys, when we're doing that, Kingdom Builders is, I I don't understand. Like Some people think Kingdom Builders maybe is about money. It's It's not about money. Our kingdom builders is about, you know, for us to be able to pat ourselves on the back and be able to go, look, the sun never sets on our kingdom builder partners. No, it's not about that at all. Kingdom builders is all about this, your heart. First and foremost, it's your heart. Will your heart get lined up with his heart? Because when your heart gets lined up with his heart, then the richness of Christ lives in you. Guess what happens with what God's given you? It starts getting used in a wiser and in a wiser way. You'll find a lot of joy. You'll find a lot of joy through Kingdom Builders. You'll find a lot of fulfillment by being a Kingdom Builder. There's a couple in our North Platte campus, man. They, they've, been, they've been blessed, like many have been blessed. I got friends in this church that have been blessed financially, and they know what it means to keep a rich relationship with Christ, and God's used their wealth in incredible ways. And I am so honored to know so many people in our church that have a rich relationship with Christ that God's used their wealth in a godly way. Thank God for those examples. Amen? And there's a couple in our North Platte campus that God's blessed. And they, they've found a lot of joy in, in giving through Kingdom Builders. They find a lot of joy in going on, on go trips as well. And I thought, you know what? You can listen to me drone on and on, or you can listen to one of your own. Just kind of tell you, what does it mean? What kind of joy? What kind of purpose? How does that void get filled by obeying God and having a rich relationship with God and, and then using their finances to bless God's kingdom? So listen to Pam and Rich from the North Platte campus. Um, my name is Rich Herrick. And I'm Pam Herrick, and we're from the North Platte campus. I think it was probably maybe our second or third time ever attending here, and it was kind of the Kingdom Builders Day where they handed out the you know, the, the nice brochures, and we went home and read that and saw all the great things. And what was kind of interesting about it is one of the first things we noticed was the El Salvador with uh, Kent Moody and Eunice, and, and we immediately knew we wanted to go on a go trip. And I don't know why it was El Salvador we picked. I think Pastor Dave said, you, you want to go see Kent Moody. And so we immediately signed up for that, and we even talked about some life-changing that. Uh, Everybody told us how great it'd be, but uh, unbelievable. It was so much better than what anybody could have said. And that's not about giving dollars. That's about your time. And what we give them is nothing compared to what you get back from, you know, the kids that would hug us. It was was life-changing. But, you know, like as as far as giving goes, um, you know, we try to help out with what we can. I mean, there's been some other things that we've been approached um, to help give from the church and the minute they ask us, it's absolutely because that's kind of what what makes us go or gives us that warm fuzzy feeling I guess you could say um, as far as giving goes it's one of the best feelings in the whole wide world because you don't expect anything back you just get to do it and sometimes it's even better if you're anonymous it just it filled a hole 
inside of me. Um, and I feel like almost selfish because of how, how good it makes us feel to just, you know, and again, it can be going and helping somebody, you know, whatever, or it can be giving a tiny bit of money or whatever. It doesn't matter, but it's just such a amazing feeling. And, and it's connected us to new life in such a level that then, you know, that hole's being filled by, by Christ and the, the friendships from the El Salvador trip, the friendships from new life. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's just been amazing. And so, you know, it's just such a heartwarming feeling to know that you, you were able to help somebody make their life better, make their life easier. And just the gratitude that you get, like, especially in El Salvador, you know, the gratitude those people gave us. And all we were doing was just giving of our time. It's amazing how new life and kingdom builders and just everything. It's, it's just, uh, it sure, it sure made our lives better. Yeah, definitely. Amen. So today, after a message like we've heard today, I unashamedly, as your pastor, I do ask you to give. Why? Because first and foremost, that when you honor God with your finances, you're, you're cultivating a rich relationship with Christ. Guess what that's doing for you? That's setting you up so that as God wants to bless you, then as he blesses you, your heart's in the right place to receive that blessing. Your heart's ready. Your heart's ready for the promotion. Your, your heart's ready for the unexpected inheritance that you get. Your, your heart is ready for retirement. That if we, keep, if we keep Jesus in a rich relationship inside of our heart, then guys, we are ready for whatever God brings to us. So today, today we're going to receive our miracle offering. And uh, we're going to do it at the end of the service. It's in, the, it's at, it's in buckets at the, at the back of our auditorium. Or if you're online, you can just do it by going to our online giving platform and scrolling down and picking Kingdom Builders. And you can be a part of the miracle offering. Um, but look, if you, if you aren't first, oh, this is generosity giving, by the way. So this is what it means to be generous, is the miracle offering. But if you're not obeying God with your finances, I would just, can I just suggest to you that maybe your giving today is more of a, a tithe to God, and you would give a tithe to God, um, and then on top of that, we're generous. And so I just want you to take an opportunity with me to pray and say, God, how do you want us to honor you and have that rich relationship with you with our finances so that we are best prepared for whatever it is that you want to bless us with. Would you just take this um, offering envelope? And here's what's going to happen today. Um, this is, this is going to be something that everybody can participate in. Today, every single person got an offering envelope or a family got an offering envelope that was a special one called the miracle offering when you walked in the door. When you walk out, it's an opportunity for everybody to be involved, okay? So if you're giving online, you can just, you can just mark that, right? You can just say, man, I'm giving online. There's even a box, I gave online. And you can just put your name, you can put the amount, and you just say, I gave online. You can drop that in. So this is something everybody can do. Whether you already gave your miracle offering, you're going to give your miracle offering, right? Or you're ready to do it. So today, can I just have you guys take this offering envelope and stand with me all of our campuses really quick. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that God would, God would give us that kind of like rich relationship with him that out of that rich relationship, God would challenge our hearts to be more generous for him. So let me pray for you. 
Father, I, I, uh, I just come before you humbly. And uh, Lord, as a, as a pastor of this church, I know that part of our mission, Lord, is to grow your kingdom. It's to grow your kingdom. And we do that the best we can here at New Life Church at all of our campuses. But Lord, you, you invite us to couple with you. You invite us to partner with you. And today, Lord, this miracle offering is a way that we can partner with you. And we can fund the rest of our partners. Lord, but that's going to happen by each of us just being a balloon. Just each of us doing our own little part, like Pam and Rich talked about. We each do our own little part, and Lord, great things happen. But Lord, you're always more interested in our heart. Our giving doesn't impress you unless our heart is right. We can't win your favor by our giving. We win your favor by our heart. And so Lord, today you're more interested in our heart than you are anything else. But Lord, I pray for this congregation that they would be a generous people. And that as we each do our part, what seems crazy and impossible like flying a lawn chair, that this miracle offering would lift right off the ground. And something amazing would happen as we get to fund all of our missions partners. So God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your instructions, Jesus, to that man. Your instructions to that man have been received by us today. And Lord, we will strive for a rich relationship with you over everything else. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees says, amen.